This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 945, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, February the 23rd. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is a quick little reviews episode of the books that came out on the 23rd of February. I'm recording this on March 7th, so yes, this is a long way away. It's almost two weeks old, these books, but let's get into it anyway. Uh, First, just a quick uh, look at some of the books that did come out on the 23rd, which include Aquaman and Green Arrow Deep Target, number five of seven. Kind of a weird number for max series, but whatever. Or miniseries, max max series, who knows which it is at that point. You got Aquaman number one. Um, I didn't even know that was launching. Batman versus Bigby, a wolf in Gotham number six. Uh, we got Blue and Gold number six of eight. Again, another kind of weird number. Uh, I guess because we're so conditioned for like three, four, and six issue miniseries that having something that's seven or eight just feels weird. We got Captain Marvel 36. Uh, we got uh, Carnage Forever number one. DC versus Vampires number tw- uh, five of twelve. There you go. That's a regular number. Uh, Dark Ages number five. Deathstroke Inc. number six. Detective Comics Dark Reign. Sorry, Devil's Reign. Here are uh, villains for hire. Everything sounds the same after a while. Electra, Black, White, and Blood. Uh, I like that they're continuing the motif. We got Iron Man, uh, Miles Morales, Spider Man. We also had a new issue of Miss Marvel Beyond the Limit. This is issue three. We got Phoenix on Echo, which I gotta get caught up on. I've only read, I think, the first two, maybe three issues. Uh, we got Robin number 11, uh, Shang-Chi, Silk, uh, Silver Surfer Rebirth, Strange Academy, Task Force Zed. Teen Titans Academy, The Human Target. Oh, I can't believe I missed that. I gotta read that. I love that book. Uh, we've got Excess of Wolverine, and that is uh, basically it. They came out on the 23rd, uh, except for the three books I'm talking about today. Uh, first up, we have Action Comics number uh, 1040. I will admit, I haven't really been reading the backups. I appreciate, you know, the, for the increased price point, they're giving you some extra content. I just haven't really been, you know, really vibing on it or really enjoying it that much. It does bug me that an Action Comics Superman book is 13 plus. Uh, just there's something inherently that feels wrong about that, because Superman being what he is, it feels weird to have a 13 plus book with him. Uh, that being said, I did very much enjoy this book. Um, this is the War World Saga Part 5. Uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson writing it. You got uh, Ricardo Federici on art and Leah Lowridge on colors with Dave Sharp on letters. Um, I really enjoyed this. It definitely had a more, I don't know, ethereal quality, mainly in the colors, in terms of it's not quite as, as vibrant, it's a little bit more muted, uh, but I thought they kind of worked for the visual tone of the book and where it was taking place, uh, so I thought that kind of worked. I like the use of Superman here, um, him kind of being depowered and trying to, you know, inspire others uh, without, you know, being, you know, the, the Superman maybe we're used to, um, and kind of, it, it almost at times feels kind of uh, World War Hulkish, sorry, Planet Hulkish, I would say. But uh, with a very Superman twist on that kind of concept, but uh, I like it. It uh, you know it, was, it felt very in keeping with who Superman is to try and inspire and protect others. Uh, so it definitely felt like it uh, delivered on that kind of premise and promise of who the character can be, especially in a place like War World where he's kind of pushed to his limit. You got uh, Amazing Spider-Man number ninety came out by Patrick Leeson and Mark Bagley. Interesting combination. We got Andrew. Oh my God, are you ready? Are you ready for the list of inkers on this book? You have one, two, three. Four, five inkers. That is not a great look. Um, I have not loved the Beyond Era. It's really tragic because I was so excited and that first issue was so strong and I feel like it's never really lived up to it. And you've had moments of brilliance and you know, it's had some fun stuff, but it just feels like overall it doesn't really know what it wants to be. And um, again, I, I feel like Brand New Day was a, a very 
interesting period. It felt like you had rotating art teams, but they felt like every team was kind of really hitting their strides and they were well suited for the books they were working on. You had top flight creators, both on the writing and art side. And here you have some good artists, but they're kind of, they're cycling them in really in and out. I feel like none of them could really hold a lot of consistency. Uh, Even on the writing standpoint, it feels like we're getting a lot of quick turnover, turnover, even though that's generally speaking by writers I do enjoy. Uh, It's just kind of a weird overall kind of mixed bag. Uh, even having Bagley, it's it's so weird to me. You have Bagley coming back to do Spider-Man. And this has been even in the Nick Spencer run, he's come back. And yet, it feels like it never gets any promotion. Like, it feels like it's never... It's almost like us as fans and Marvel as a company take Mark Bagley for granted. Because he's a, he should be the biggest superstar there is. Like, I love Mark Bagley. And yet, I feel like he never gets the respect he deserves. And is it because he's always around? Is it because he's always producing content? Uh, because it's always a fairly high degree of quality? I mean, he's just so consistent. Is it, is it, I don't know what it is. Why is he not a bigger, huger name? Like, everyone knows Mark Bagley's name. But I feel like, you know, you, you launch a new Spider-Man book and you have John Romita Jr. on art. Everyone's like, ooh, John Romita Jr., why doesn't Bagley get that respect? And like the marketing never amps up and like, oh, hey, look, Mark Bagley's back on Spider-Man. I think we just take it for granted that he's going to cycle in and out and be on the book here and there. And like when he was on, on doing it during Mick Spencer's run, again, I felt like, oh, we got Mark Bagley on here, but no one's talking about it. No one's amping it up. Again, like the marketing department doesn't seem to care. Why is that happening? Mark Bagley deserves so much more from everyone. He's such a great artist. And again, the consistency in the volume is what is the most kind of phenomenal about him. He's a guy who puts out so much content. It's so, it's, you know, consistently quality, uh, more so than like, I like John Romita Jr., but I would not say he's a paragon of consistency. I would say if I pick up a book by Mark Bagley, I'm generally speaking, it's going to look like Mark Bagley. Like, it's it's going to have some variation based on the anchor, obviously, but for the most part, I know what I'm getting. With John Romita Jr., I don't know what I'm getting. Am I getting the one where he has time to really spend on the book and he's not trying to hit deadlines? Instead, he's really got time to flex his muscles and do some really detailed work? Or am I getting the John Romita Jr. who's on deadline and giving me mushy faces? It's really hard to tell. Uh, with Mark Bagley, I always know what I'm going to get. But he doesn't get the respect he deserves. So that that really irks me. Um, there's a, a the first kind of real shot of Spider-Man here. you got Spider-Man uh, swinging through the air with Janine. And again, it felt very classic Mark Bagley. Like, I really enjoy it. Even him without the mask. It is weird that, I guess, the current model sheets, I don't know what they, where they go to these guys, say, like, this is what Ben looks like right now. Because it's interesting. Because obviously he had such an indelible mark on who Spider-Man was in the 90s and who this character was in the 90s. It's interesting that he doesn't quite look like he used to, but I guess it's just because they're giving different model sheets to work on. But it was, I thought this issue looked great. Um, I liked the story. It felt like you had some real stakes here with, you know, Peter really having to struggle to fight against uh, the Queen Goblin, which I think I called her the Goblin Queen before, but I like that the Queen Goblin is right there. Obviously, it makes sense. Green Goblin, Queen Goblin, obviously. Um, I really enjoyed this. I thought this is probably one of the better issues. I thought Gleason did a pretty bang-up job. I thought the art was pretty good. I like that last shot of the two Spider-Men swinging off together. Um, I really am enjoying pieces of the overall Beyond storyline. I don't think it's held together consistently, but I think there's definitely moments where it's shown, and I do think that this is a fairly good issue. Uh, I have heard some scattered rumblings on a podcast I listen to that the next issue is not so favorable, so I'm a little nervous about reading the next issue because I really did enjoy this. I thought it was quite entertaining. And last but not least, we have Ben Riley's Spider-Man 
getting his uh, his own kind of miniseries in the past, which I will say, so first of all, it's written by Jamie DeMatteis, who is recently on the show. Love him. Always will. David Baldion, really, you know, making a name for himself. I really enjoy his art as well. Israel Silva on colors. Joe Caramagna on letters. Now, the cover is by Steve Scroche or Scroche, Scroche, I don't even remember it. I've had him on the show, and he's set me straight, and I'm always forgetting. Him and Dave Stewart doing the cover art, and I have to say, what happened here? <laughs> like, I don't want to rag on people. I want to love things. And then I will say, that on this cover, I think Spider-Man looks fantastic. I really like the physicality of Spider-Man. I like the overall art here. Um, it really kind of pushes, you know, the boundaries of what you could do physically. I think it looks really cool. I love Spider-Man on this cover. I could just leave it there. I'm not going to, but it could. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the way Scorpion looks on this cover. I just think there's something off about his overall design and face that I personally did not quite enjoy. I love the Spider-Man. Once you look at the Scorpion, I found that a little bit distracting because I didn't really like it. And then you get into the issue, and Scorpion looks completely different. Uh, and again, more in accordance with what he was kind of looking like in the 90s. Um, Baldwin seems so comfortable with Spider-Man's you know, physicality and the action, and I'm just really enjoying how awesome it looks. Um, again, it's an interesting issue. Again, you're having uh, Jamin and Mateus delving more into using Ashley Kafka. I like the idea that you know Ben's trying to make friends, which is something we never really got to see a lot of in the 90s, so I like that we got to see that. But to see Carolyn Trainer come back, the Lady Octopus, I'm really excited to see her return as she kind of abducts uh, Edward Whelan, otherwise known as Vermin. Uh, so I personally was a huge fan, loved this issue. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's such a fascinating kind of facet of history. Like you have books like Peter David's Simeon Spider-Man, which is obviously in a very specific Spider-Man period, but not as specific as this one. Like, I feel like he, you know, he's plumbing the depths of the eighties, which is fine, but there's just something about plumbing the depths of the nineties, which is so unique and so different. And you have characters like Lady Octopus and, and you have Ben Riley. Like it's just a very different pocket of time. And I hope we get to see more of this. I think, I hope, you know, that people pick up this, this series that people pick up, you know, the, the eventual trade paperback and they really support this book. Cause I want to see more projects like this. I want to see JMD doing more Ben Riley and like, I would, I would totally just buy a whole series of series, you know, set in this period. I mean, we're doing it already with Simba Spider-Man, and that's enjoyable, but it's not, for me, got the same hook as having Ben Riley. So if we could have more and more Ben Riley, I think that would be great. And so I, I really enjoyed this. I uh, really enjoying what JMD is doing. Uh, not a surprise. I'm a huge fan of his work in general. You can check back to my recent episode where I talked with him. We talked briefly about Ben Riley Spider-Man. So, you know, he's obviously really digging into it. He enjoys the character, enjoys really getting into his mindset and really examining like who this character is, especially at this particular period of time. So I really enjoyed this. This was a fantastic read. So, you know, if you haven't read it, you really should. It's uh, tremendously entertaining. Um, and just a, a quick snapshot of books I'll be hopefully talking about in our next reviews episode, which you know, God willing, it will come out in a day or two so I can get back on schedule. Uh, some of the books that are coming out include Batman Killing Time, Batman White Knight Presents Harley Quinn, Batman... Man, a lot of Batman books. Dark Knights of Steel, Detective Comics, Justice League, Monkey Prince, uh, One Star Squadron, Static Season 1, Suicide Squad, uh, War for Earth, World of Krypton... Uh, and then over at Marvel, we have new issues of uh, what we've got. Amazing Spider-Man, big surprise, it comes out all the time. Avengers Forever, Black Panther, Captain America, Iron Man, Daredevil Woman Without Fear, Devil's Reign, Spider-Man, Devil's Reign X-Men, Fantastic Four, uh, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Spider-Woman, Star Wars The High Republic, Strange, 
The Thing, What If Miles Morales, X Men, uh, and I think there's a couple other books I mentioned. I uh, actually missed, but anyways, uh, make sure to listen uh, to that episode when it comes out. That'll be episode nine fifty seven, where I talk about some of those. Uh, in the next day or two, you also have episode nine fifty six, where I talk about uh, the Batman, which I got to see on opening day. Uh, so I get into that as well. And then we have an upcoming interview episode coming up soon as well on episode 958. So thanks again for listening to this episode. I have been your host, Adam Chapman. And you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, rate the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.